Welcome to today's message from Transformation Church with Pastor Jim Balzano. A couple weeks ago, I spoke to you a message called Shalom in the City. And that message has to do with Jeremiah 29, where God had told the exiles living in Babylon. He says, you pray for the Shalom of the city. Seek it. Pray for it. Work for it. Believe for it. And that word shalom was much more than peace, as I had taught you that day, that really that word shalom, really there isn't one word in the English language that can define it. But the way to define that would be not holding any good thing back. All right. How many of you would like to see all the good things of God come into your house? How many would like to see all the shalom of God come into your city? And I, and I showed you where God said, for if it goes well with the city... It'll go well with you. And I'm telling you, this is just burned in my heart that we have got to catch that revelation as people. We pray for and seek the welfare of our city. If it goes well with it, it's going to go well with us. You know, and that's just the reality of it. And so we should never be in opposition to it. Now, there's times, how many know there are times that we can stand in opposition to something, but not stand in opposition to it. All right. But So I talked about that. And then I talked about last week a message entitled Leaven Rising, talking about the kingdom of God and how it's like leaven. And, and you were supposed to go out and buy a, bag, a, a packet of leaven and put it around your car mirror. I'll bet you it wasn't many people did that. See? You didn't do your homework. I'll bet you did the last time I did game homework. <laughs> Nobody did their homework. Not one person. Man. I'm not giving any homework this week then. But the idea is leaven rising, that that Jesus taught a a parable on the kingdom of God being like leaven, and the leaven is the very thing that changes the whole lump, and it's the thing that enlivens the, the lump, and that the kingdom of heaven is that in the world which brings life and vitality and, and so forth and so on. This week, I, I want to take a little bit of a, another approach to this, if I may. And, and all of these have a personal application as well as a corporate application as well as a city application, all right? And, and so today, I'm going to give you a message, and I'm going to simply entitle this one. Last week was Leaven Rising. This one, I want to entitle Sons Rising. How many of you think it's time for the sons of God to rise up? Now, I would say throughout history we have seen that, but there's never a time that we should lay back that there always should be moments where the suns are rising. And so I want to take you to a passage of Scripture that Jesus taught in the kingdom. Let me tell you the sad part about kingdom teaching, that I believe kingdom teaching missed a whole generation in the church. You see, because years ago there was a kingdom now theology that was taught that got a little bit out of line with Scripture. And because of that, how many of the the church never swings from here to the middle, that the church always corrects an error by swinging all the way over to the other side of the issue. All right, well, oh my goodness gracious, they were talking about kingdom now. So we're going to go over here and we're going to talk about kingdom never. Right? Or, okay, we're going to do this. And so we go, we go from one side of the spectrum to the other. When the fact of the matter is, I don't understand how we lost a generation of kingdom teaching when Jesus clearly taught that the kingdom is both a now and a not yet proposition. Okay, don't ever mistake that the kingdom of God is only that which you get when you die, you receive when you die, or when Jesus comes back. All right, it's an and now proposition. 
Jesus does a teaching, Matthew chapter 13, verse 24. We're going to start with verse 24, and then I'll preach a little bit out of verse 36 where he explains this. He says, Jesus preached another parable to them, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in the field. But while his men were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went away. But when the wheat sprouted and bore grain, then the tares became evident also. The slaves of the landowner came and said to him, Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have tares or wheat or weeds? All right. How many like weeds in your garden? Good. I got, a, I got good news for you. Don't grow a garden. You won't have weeds. Just to let you know. Okay. He said, they said to him, an enemy, he said, an enemy has done this. The slave said to him, do you want us to go and gather them up? But he said, no, for a while you are gathering up the, for while you are gathering the weeds, you may uproot the wheat with them. Allow them both to grow together until the harvest. And in the time of the harvest, I will say to the reapers, first gather up the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them up, but gather the wheat into my barn. Father, bless your word this morning. Give us insight this morning. Let us see how it applies to our lives as individuals, our families, and our city. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, now, Jesus would teach in parables. When he was teaching parables, sometimes his disciples were like this. Huh? Huh? You ever do one of those? Has anybody ever explained something to you and you're just like, huh? Right? I, I, sometimes people sit down and they try to explain something to me. Paul, Paul might tell, tell me about an engine and explain all this stuff about an engine. I might just go, huh? Okay, Troy, Troy will sit down and he'll, he'll start talking to me about computer stuff. All right? I can't help it. He's a computer geek. All right? And, and so, so he starts all this stuff and he starts telling me all this stuff and this is what I do. Huh? Huh? What? Okay. Jesus would teach. He would teach a profound revelation, teach it in a parable, and when they're done, the, 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 the disciples would look at him and say, what? Huh? All right, this is what happened. Watch this. Verse 36. Then he left the crowds, and he went into the house. And his disciples came to him and said, hey, explain the parable to us about the, the tares. We don't get it. Explain it to us. Okay? So Jesus begins to explain it to them. Let me give you the, the characters and the plot. All right? Jesus says the Son of Man is the one who sowed the seed. The field is the world. So when you're looking at this, the world is the field in this context. The good seed that the man sowed were the sons of the kingdom. How many know that's you? Say, that's me. All right? The sower of the weeds was the devil. Say, that's not me. Some of you aren't sure. Let me help you out. (laughs) Okay? Some of you are like, what? Huh? All right. The harvest is at the end of the age. The harvesters, the reapers, are the angels. The weeds are going to be burned in the first. Now, so here's a couple things I want us to grasp out of this, and I'll bring this home in about another two hours. That'll be good, all right? Okay, good. I've got got an excited side here. The Tyrone crowd, they don't care, all right? So Jesus is doing this teaching. He says, listen, listen. The kingdom of God is like this man who went out and sowed good seed in his field, and while his, his laborers were sleeping... An enemy came and planted weeds in his field. Hmm. That, how many know that is the age in which we live? How many know that we live in an age where there is good and evil 
living side by side. All right? And how many know we live in an age where good and evil are living side by side? Both manifest themselves in this world, and God gets the blame for both. (laughs) If God this, this wouldn't have happened. And if God was good, this wouldn't have happened. And if God this and God that, whoa, whoa, whoa. Didn't you just read what the Scripture tells us? You see, we have taught a generation, and I'm going to get myself in trouble with some people, but it's okay. All right? We have taught a generation that everything that happens in the world is part of God's plan, and he allowed it to happen. And so God is, God is, God is somehow connected to your pain. God is somehow connected to all the bad things that happen in your life. But I got good news. He can heal you. So let me get this straight. The God who co-conspired with evil to bring pain into my life, you now want me to go to to get healing. No, thank you. I'm not going to the heart doctor who gives me heart disease. I'm not going to the surgeon who breaks my leg. Can I just get an amen? I'm not going to the guy who gave me the stuff. All right? So how do we, how do we clarify for some of this? And that's really not the total part of the message, but I think there are some things here that are applicable. So first of all, let's start here. The source of good in the world is God. The source of good. All of creation, God saw that it was good. All right? God is not the source of evil. God does not tempt people with evil, nor can he himself be tempted with evil. Therefore, how many know he's not anything to do with evil? I don't understand how we make him this co-conspirator. All right, the sower of the good seed is the son of man. The sower of the good seed is God. The seed, there's verse where it gives And that seed, which he sows into the world, guess who it is? It's you. Whoa. You are the good seed that God has chosen to sow into this world, all right? Now, the seed are those that have, because of faith in Jesus, all right? They come to him by faith, sons born anew from above through faith in what Jesus did. Galatians 3 tells us what? You're all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. You're baptized into Christ, clothed with Christ. You receive an adoption as sons. God sows you into the world to produce fruit that one day will be harvested. Listen to me. If you catch nothing else this morning, you catch this. You are the seed of God Almighty placed upon the face of the earth today. You have a design. You have a purpose. You have a reason for living. God has a plan. And the moment... And let me say this. In the moment that you became saved, how many know that he now has established you as a son of God in this world? He is the source of all good things. And yet the Bible is telling me that the source of evil in the world is not God. Can we please stop aligning him with it? Hmm? That's what the Bible says. Watch this. Jesus says this, the field is the world, and as for the good seed, these are the sons of the kingdom, and the tares are the sons of the evil one, and the enemy who sowed them is the devil. Okay, let me say this again. They are the, 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 the weeds, the tares are the sons of the evil one, and the enemy who sowed them is the devil. It is not the enemy who sowed them is God. 
Okay, it does not say, and the enemy, and God said, oh, by the way, why don't you go out there, devil, and plant some seeds in my kingdom, in my field, all right? The source of evil is your enemy. The source of evil is God's enemy. The source of evil is the enemy of the world. The source of evil is the devil, all right? Now watch this. He is the enemy. He's the enemy of God. He's the enemy of you, the enemy of the world. He's the enemy of the sons of God. Because the devil is the enemy, he does all that he can to perpetrate evil in the world around us. Look at the evil that takes place in our world. It's not God. We're living in this time where the wheat and the tares, and there's evil and there's good. It's not God. Many of you have probably watched this saga unfold. It's not God who has a part and four young men being shot by two other men in Bucks County and dug in and buried and put into a roaster and fried and and burned and put into a 12-foot hole. That is not God. It has no origin God. It has no connection to God. You cannot associate God with that. That is demonic. That is devil-influenced. And for those of you, let me just go out there and say this. And for those of you who say, oh, it's just pot, Stop it. <laughs> we have a generation that likes to say, well, it's just pot. They don't care. Really? $8,000 worth of pot is dead. Some people say, well, you don't understand. Oh, I do understand. I've earned the right to speak to this issue. It's never brought a good thing into my life. People say to me, well, you know, it's not a gateway drug. Really? Really? I've met lots of people who are functioning potheads. Don't get me wrong. I do. I've met lots of guys. That I, I know they smoke pot. They smoke it every day. They're functioning potheads. But I've never met anybody on hard drugs who didn't start with pot. I'm just telling you what I've seen. I've done rehab work. I've, I've had rehabs. I work with it all the time. I've not met anybody who didn't start with pot. Don't give me that garbage. Don't give me that nonsense. Don't dumb down what is a tool of Satan. Now, you say to me a medicinal. Actually, I think there is medicinal value to it. But that's another story for another day. Stop. <laughs> I don't want to go down that path too far. But listen to me for a moment. The evil is not God. The evil is the enemy. Okay? He says, you see, because the devil is the enemy of all that is good, he plants seed in this world to do evil. And they're called his sons. Sometimes it's easy to depict, right? I mean, that guy's a murderer. That guy's a mass murderer. Okay, he's, he, he's, got, he's got to be a murderer. Terrorists, rapists, murderers, violent people. But then there's liars, cheats, gluttons, gossips, and self-righteous people that actually go to church. You say, well, 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 well wait a minute. Let me, let me, remember what Jesus told the religious crowd? He says, why don't you understand what I'm saying? It's because you can't hear my word. You are of your father, the devil, and you want to do the desires of your father. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there's no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own nature, for he's a liar and the father of lies. Because I speak truth, you don't believe me. You know who Jesus spoke that to? The Pharisees, the self-righteous, the religious crowd. He said, your father, the devil, you're just like him. All right? You see, we got to understand something. Evil works its way through religion. 
evil works its way through the heinous actions of evil people. There's all kinds of sources of evil. We're living in a time when Jesus is planting the sons of the kingdom. We're living in a time where Satan is planting the sons of evil in the world. And they're growing together. Yet even though they are growing together and look similar, there is something, this is what's amazing to me, there is something that sets the weed and the wheat apart. There was a discernible, discernible difference that was noticed by the workers. There had to be something. The workers came and said, Master, wait a minute, hold it. There's something different about this one and this one. See, the weed that was grown, the, 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 the tear, it looked very much like the wheat, yet was poisonous. And yet there was something discernibly different between it and the wheat. How many of you know today, living in this world, there should still be something demonstrably different between you as the son and daughter of the king and the rest of the world? That there be something different about you. There's something that people can notice about you. Something discernible about it. That, hey, they're not like me. All right? And, it's, and, and can I say to you, it's not just church attendance. Boy, it's got to go farther than that, doesn't it? See, what set the weed apart? What caused it to be seen for what it was? You see, I want to, I want to talk to you. It's because, it's because the DNA of the seed. It's because of who the seed was. It's because the sons were the DNA of the father. If you looked around this, I could bring some fathers up here this morning and stand them up here. And I could bring some of their sons up and stand them here, and you didn't know they were their sons, but you'd all of a sudden know they were their sons. How many know what I'm talking about? I'd be like, yeah, I, I pull up this guy, and I put this son right next to him. Be like, man, that's got to be father and son. Or I pull up a mother and their daughter, and you can just tell that there's a connection. Can I say to you this morning that, listen, as you live in the world, there is something that demonstrably sets you apart because you look like your father in heaven. You act like your father in heaven. You react like your father in heaven, which the world doesn't understand, but they know there's something different about you. I hope. Right? So let me talk to you. You see, the sons rise. Jesus said, these are the sons of God. These are the sons of the kingdom. So let me talk to you how, how the sons are going to rise in this hour. Because how many of you know we need the sons to rise in this hour? We don't need religion to rise. We don't need a bunch of garbage. Right? We need the sons, the true sons of God, to rise. John chapter 7, Jesus made a promise. He said he promised, Jesus promised the Spirit to those who would come to him. In John chapter 14, Jesus promised the Spirit would abide in the believers. That he promised the teacher, would, the, the Spirit would teach and the Spirit would guide. You see, the sons are going to rise when they possess the same Spirit that the Son of Man possessed. Jesus came to earth. Listen to me. When you read the Gospels, I want you to read the story of a man who became humanity filled with the Holy Spirit, who walked in the world that you and I walk in. How do I walk in this world as a son of God? I do it like Jesus did. I do it because the same spirit that lived in Jesus, the same spirit that raised him from the dead, lives in me to live in this world. How many of you think that's attainable? Okay. A few of you. The sun's rise 
when they possess the same spirit as Jesus. When the disciples walk through the book of Acts, when you follow them through the book, you see 12 men who then turned into how many men and women who walked in this world with the spirit of God inside of them, with the same spirit of Jesus that was inside of them. All right, the sons rise because of the spirit of God who lives in them. But the sons also rise when they are led by that spirit. How many of you can be led by the spirit of the world or you can be led by the spirit of Christ? Right? You, you can be led by one or the other. I live in the world. I live among the tares. I live among the wheat. I live among the weeds. The spirit does a work in my life that begins to lead me. My carnal nature, my natural nation, natural inclination is to respond naturally to things. How many would say that's true of you? Okay, if you punch me in the face, what's my natural inclination? That's right. Unless you're bigger than me. Or unless you're Penny. Okay, you yell at me, my natural inclination is to... You insult me, my natural inclination is to insult, right? The natural inclination is to return evil for evil. Come on, you want to go? Let's go. Right? That's the natural. You cut me off in traffic, I tell you you're number one. Hmm? And I talk bad about them. Pull beside them. You almost hit the guy in front of you because you want that guy to see that face. You go to Walmart on Black Friday. <laughs> Anybody know what I'm talking about? That you have natural inclinations of your heart. And those natural inclinations are to indulge my flesh. Right? I want to indulge this thing because this thing craves. This thing's hungry. This thing is ravenous, isn't it? But yet the Bible tells me that the Spirit of God leads me away from the indulgence of the flesh to the righteousness of God. The Spirit changes the way that I think. How many of you would say today that you think differently after being saved than before you were saved? There should be a whole lot more hands up. I hope that when you became saved and the Spirit of God lives inside of you, that you think differently than you used to think. My flesh wants to walk according to the pattern of this world. An eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. You hit me, I hit you. You talk bad about me, I talk bad about you. You hate me, I hate you. But his spirit leads me and causes me to say no to the things of this world. That causes me to say no to the patterns of this world. Because the Bible says for all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. And by the way, how many know the Bible says that creation is waiting and longing for the manifestation of his sons? The mind set on the flesh is death, but the mind set on the Spirit is life and peace. And, and so the sons of the kingdom planted by God in this world are rising whenever the Spirit of God inhabits them and the Spirit of God is leading them, that we arise in this hour. But let me say this to you. The sons also rise when they now begin to do the works of the father. How many of you know that we should be about the father's business? That the sons and the daughters are about the father's business. 
Okay? And what does some of that look like? Well, let me give you a few things that I think are the work of the kingdom that specifically are attached to the sons. One of those, Paul said, and Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers, for you shall be called sons of God. Paul said, if it's possible, as far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. He said, pursue the things which make for peace and the building up of one another. Hmm. Paul said in Corinthians, rejoice, be complete, be comforted, be like-minded, live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. Peacemaking in our culture right now is countercultural. We're living in a partisan era. We're living in a polarized era. We're living in an era where, where I, I showed you a few weeks ago, we're living in the, the social media stoning era. Where, man, we're going to divide and conquer. All right? We have got to understand something. You have been called to a life of peace. You're called to be peacemakers. Hmm. What does that mean? Sometimes it means a gentle answer turns away wrath. Sometimes it means, watch this, watch this. Everybody look at me, ready? Sometimes it means, it's okay if you're doing this. (laughs) 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 Or sometimes it might mean this, rather than, is it that you and your life can be a peacemaker where you walk? Are you a peacemaker? Or are you a stirrer? Some people aren't content unless they're stirring. You ever met people that just like to stir it up? Trust me, I like to stir it up, but I'm usually in a fun way. Hmm? But you ever met some people that they can't handle peace? They can't handle so they stir it somehow. They find something to be offended about. They find something to be irritated about. They find somebody to be mad at. And they stir it up. That's not who you are being. You are to be, if you are a son of God, the Bible's very clear, a peacemaker. It's countercultural. Division seems to be the norm. Conflict is the norm. Here's another one. If we're going to do the works of the Father and we're going to be the sons in the world, then we got to be, and we don't like this one too much because it's a lot harder. We got to love our enemies. Nobody has any enemies in here, right? Anyone can love those that they like. It's easy to love people you like. It's easy to love people who think like you. It's easy to people who love people who act like you. It's easy to people that get along with you. It's easy to love them. It's easy to love people who are good to you. Anyone can love those who bless them. The world system, the world system says to hate those who hate you and those who dislike you. But no, 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 no. Jesus says, I got a couple things to tell you. One is I want to tell you this. Make sure you pray for those who persecute you. I don't want to pray for those who persecute me. 
I want to pray that God gets them. Until the Spirit of God tells the flesh to shut up. You know what I'm talking about? You see, there's no reward for loving those who love you. That's easy. But man, some people are harder to love than others, aren't they? I mean, think about some of those people in your life right now. Don't you look to next to you. Some people are easy to love. Some people are annoying. Some people just bring nothing but strife and conflict into your life. And yet Jesus says, oh, by the way, love them. Okay. Listen, listen. Jesus says this. He said, I say to you, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. What do you mean do good to those who hate me? I don't want to do good to those who hate me. I want to punch them in the face. Bless those who curse you. No, no, I want to curse them. I'm just telling you what the flesh feels like sometimes, right? You call me a jerk, I call you a jerk. Or I might have one-up it. And pray for those who mistreat you. Whoever hits you on the cheek, offer him the other one. No! Do you wish you could wipe some stuff out of the Bible? Just wipe it out. Make sure you do both sides so they can't read from the other side. Whoever takes your coat, give them your shirt too. I like that coat. You want me to give him my shirt? Nick used to give my stuff away all the time. He'd give you a shirt off his back. It was probably mine, but he gave it away. Gave my shoes away. Gave my coats away. Gave my clothes away. He was so giving with my stuff, it wasn't even funny. You know what to say? Freely you receive, freely give. <laughs> give to everyone who asks of you, and whoever takes away what is yours, don't demand it back. You touched my stuff. How many men in the house knows you don't touch the stuff? Don't touch the stuff. Penny, listen to this message. <laughs> treat others the same way you want them to treat you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. Listen to me. If you only love those who love you, you are no different than the world. None. If you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners. Love your enemies and do good and lend, expecting nothing in return. And your reward will be great and you will be sons of the Most High. For he himself, he himself is kind to ungrateful and evil men. Sons rise. We rise when we act like the Father. You hear what it said? For God himself, God himself is kind to ungrateful and evil men. Where did we ever get this notion that God hates them? Where did we ever get this notion 
that God hates them. Be merciful just as your father is merciful. Don't judge and you will not be judged and do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Pardon and you will be pardoned. Give and it will be given to you. And they'll pour into your lap good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. For by your standard of measure we measure to you in return. These words, they, they mean blessed is to ask God's blessing on someone. Merciful is compassion and show pity. You know, we see a lot of crazy stuff happen in our world, right? We see a lot of people who do a lot of despicable things and things that you wouldn't think of doing. And, and, and we see a lot of addictions. And we see a lot of addiction driving stuff. And, 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 and unless you've been there, you don't get it. I'm telling you. Unless you've been there, you don't get it. But because you've not been there and you don't get it, you pronounce judgment and you're merciless because you don't get it. Be merciful. Be merciful. Just be merciful. Be loving. Be kind. Be gracious. I didn't say be condoning. There's a difference. You see, if we're going to be suns rising in this age, we've got to have the Spirit of God in us, led by the Spirit of God, doing the works of the Father. And you've got to understand something. Listen to me for a moment. And, and there's an important part of this. You see, in this context of Scripture, remember who you are and who you are not. Who you are are the seeds of Jesus, the seeds of God, the seeds of the Son of Man, the good seed in the world, the sons of the kingdom. You are, listen to me, you are the harvest. You are not the harvester. You're the harvest. Okay? You Listen to me. One day at the end of the age, there's going to be a harvest that takes place. And when that harvest takes place, the weeds and the tares are getting harvested and the wheat is getting, everybody's getting harvested at the same time. Right? And then it's going to be something that sets apart the wheat and the tear, the wheat and the weeds. All right? Your fruit will ultimately prove who you are. I can harvest the garden, which I don't have because I'm not one of those sick, demented people. And I harvest the garden, but I only planted one thing. One thing, that's it. I'm only planting tomatoes. Right? It's harvest time. Let me tell you, I'm not, I'm not a farmer. I'm not much of a green thumb. Don't aspire to be one. But I can tell you the difference between a tomato plant and that weed. That tomato plant at harvest time got this red thing on it. All right? And this red thing is the fruit of the seed that was planted in the ground. This is what I know. That's good. Keep it. This over here has no fruit. It has no demonstrable fruit. You can't. It's nothing. That's a weed. Get it out of here. Do you understand this morning that there's going to come a time and the way that the harvest is judged is the harvest is based upon the fruit of our lives. You got any fruit growing from you? No, no, I didn't say are you a fruit. All right. Your fruit will ultimately prove who you are. Your fruit will ultimately prove whose you are. 
There are certain things about my daughter that you will know she's my daughter. All the good stuff. The other stuff? <laughs> okay. There's certain things that she says. There's certain things that she does. They just say, that's his daughter. That's his fruit. That came from him, right? The fruit of your life not only determines who you are, but it will determine whose you are. And when I got this thing called the fruit of the Spirit growing out of me, love, things like love, and peace, joy, self-control, kindness, goodness, that's saying whose I am. That's saying who I am, but it's saying whose I am. And it also says what I am. You see, many people want to live today. They want to live their Christian life as a harvester instead of the harvest. Nowhere have you been given the right or the authority or the job to be separating the wheat and the tares. Now listen to me. I understand the scripture that says the spiritual man makes judgments on all things. There's lots of judgments I make by virtue of the fruit I see. But, 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 never have I been given the license to be the reaper who then condemns it to eternal damnation. Nowhere, nowhere have I been given that, and neither have you. The harvester, it's amazing to me, the harvester at the end of the age is the angels entrusted with knowing what the fruit is and what it's not. Harvesting is not our job. It is not our mandate. It is not our calling. If we assume any other position in this parable rather than the seeds or the sons, we will miss our calling and we will miss our mandate to rise up and live as sons of God in a time and an age where there's evil living in our midst. We will miss it. So many people are so fixated on evil. Get your eyes off of evil and get them on God. Get your eyes off of evil and get them on God. Get your eyes off of the weeds and get them on God and focus on you becoming what he has meant for you to become in this world. I meet so many people who are so fixated on evil that they're so angry about evil, they hate evil so bad that they're not producing the fruit of the kingdom in their life. How many know that can happen? Your love for God has got to be greater than your hatred of evil. It has to be. Your love for God has got to be greater than your hatred of evil. We have not been called in this passage to be Jesus. We've not, we've not been called to be the sower. We were not called to be the workers. We were not called to be the harvesters. We were called to be the sons. Jesus, the son of man, came to earth to pay the ransom for humanity. He went to the cross to make that payment. That payment enabled me to receive and accept it and become the sons of God in this world. We become his seed planted in the world for the display of his glory. We become his seed, which is the sons of God in this generation, in this city. When we focus too much on the terrace, we miss living as the harvest. You see, this morning, this is the message, and I'm about done. The message is a call for the sons to rise up. The seeds of God, the sons of God, to rise up in this hour. 
Because there is a demonstrable difference. There's a discernible difference. There's a world that needs to see what the true sons of God look like. How many of you want to see a city changed? You see it through the sons of God. You want to see a family change? You want to see a generation in your family change? Let the sons rise up. Jesus, I read this to you already. He said, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Jesus said, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you be sons of your father in heaven. Love your enemies, do good, lend expecting nothing in return and your reward will be great and you'll be sons of the most high. While you have the light, believe in the light so that you may become sons of light. For all who are led by the spirit of God, these are the sons of God. You see, when I look at, come on, Troy, when I look at Jeremiah, that 29th chapter, when I spoke about the shalom of the city, Jesus, or I'm sorry, God saying to them, when you go there, you pray for its shalom. When you go there, you seek it. You seek its shalom, you pray for its shalom, because if it goes good for it, it'll go good for you. You see, those people were to be the leaven of the kingdom of God in a Babylonian culture, in a Babylonian context. And they would be a catalyst for good things that happen in that city, which then would happen to them. And I came to you last week and I said, this is who we are to be. The leaven of God in our culture. The leaven of God in our city that we are looking for and working for and praying that we are rising up as leaven so that it goes well with the city and ourselves. But today, the city will be blessed when the suns arise. Your family Okay, somebody's like, I don't care what happens to the city. Well, that's just dumb. <laughs> that's just dumb. It's just, just narrow-minded, myopic, dumb thinking. Because the Bible tells me if it goes well for the city, it goes well for me. If it goes well for the city, it goes well for me. If it goes well for the city, it goes well for your children. It goes well for your grandchildren. I'm working for my children and my grandchildren. So now, I see these two. I see this one today. The sons. The sons that have been planted by God. The sons of the kingdom. You are the seed of God. You are the sons of the kingdom. Planted today. And yes, there's evil growing right next to you. And yes, there are evil things that happen, but it ain't God. It didn't come from God. There's an enemy at work. There's an enemy planting. But notice something. Those weeds never stop the wheat from growing. Those weeds never stopped the wheat from growing. No longer can the church live with the excuse oh there's too much evil oh stop it have you, have you read about my God have you read about my God oh things are so bad have you read about my God 
Have you read about my God? He put, he put his people in a pagan culture and said, oh, by the way, grow while you're there. Be prosperous while you're there. Multiply while you're there. <laughs> so I'm calling the sons to rise up. I call the sons to rise. It's time to rise. It's time to be seen. It's time to be discerned and discovered for who you are. It's time for the world to see the sons of God, not a church, not a denomination. It's time for the church, the, the, the world to see. It's time for a city to see who the sons of God is. Not the Roman Catholics, not the AG, not the Methodists, not the First Church of Christ, not the Brethren in Christ, not the whoever else there is in Christ. It's not time for them to see a denomination. It's time for them to see the sons. I call forth for his sons to shine in a dark time. For his sons to answer, be the answers to the issues of our time. Joseph was an answer. Daniel was an answer. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were an answer. Gideon was an answer. Jesus was an answer. Paul was an answer. Peter was an answer. You are an answer to the issues of our day. You are the sons of the living God with the Spirit of God. You have answers. I call for his sons to rise up and be a reflection of the Father in heaven. I call for the world to be able to see the Father through the sons. I call for the sons to rise up through love. Unconditional, radical, scandalous love that will love the worst of the worst and will love the, the, the most vile of God of people on the earth. Do you have the guts? Do you have the audacity to love somebody that the world says you can't love, that the church says you can't love? Do you have the audacity? Jesus loved those he said, they said he wasn't supposed to love. Jesus loved the unlovable. He touched the lepers. He let the sinful woman touch him. When did we get so squeaky clean that we can't be touched by sinners? I call forth for the sons to rise up by being peacemakers in our land. You want to make war? Make it against the devil. Not against humans. How many know the Bible? Listen to me. The Bible very clearly says that our battle is not against flesh and blood. You want to fight? Fight. Matter of fact, you should fight. But you fight it in the heavenly realm. I call forth for his sons to rise up by bringing justice to the land. Justice. I love the story of King David. The Bible says that King David did righteousness and justice for all his people. I pray justice for our city. Somebody asked me the other day, what would be the number one thing you'd pray about for our city? I said, I pray for just leaders. I pray for righteous and just leaders. Because righteous and just leaders always bring good things about for the people. I pray for his sons that would rise to radical love that might be an offense to the religious establishment. In other words, if you're self-righteous and you can't love those people, get over it. I call for his sons to rise through sacrificial giving of time, money, resources, talents. Rise up. For his sons to rise up through holiness. That's not about showing God how good I am. But rather it's showing the world how good my God is. That I live this way. And look what my God does in my life. I don't need to cheat to be prosperous. I don't need to lie to get ahead. I live holy and my God blesses me. 
for his sons to rise up with spirit-filled answers in the land that we live. Come on, sons. Come on, sons. Rise up. Come on, sons. Rise up. It's not about you getting to heaven. You're going to heaven. Your ticket's been punched. You accepted what Jesus did. Stop living in this escapism mentality and rise up as sons and daughters of God right here, right now. In this hour. As I promise you, the devil's not done planting. But neither is God. Neither is God. You are his seed. The kingdom of God is like a man who sowed good seed in the field. You're the seed. He's the man. You're the sons. Rise up. Rise up. Rise up. Why do you think? Some of you are thinking, man, I've had a lot of bad stuff happen to me. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's always been an assault on the seed that God plants. When God plants a seed, the enemy tries to destroy it. If he can't destroy the seed, he'll wait for harvest and try to destroy the harvest. The enemy has always been about killing what God plants. He's been trying to kill you since the day you were were born, but there's still breath in your lungs. You're still breathing. You're still standing. You might have went through hell and back, but you're still here. You're a son of God. So would you allow, listen to me, and 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 you've been saying, but God, why did this happen? Because the devil hates you. God didn't do it. And God didn't allow it. rotten, terrible, evil things that have happened in your life are because of an enemy of God and the enemy of his people. Rise up. Rise up. Rise up. Sons. Time for the sons to rise. Father, in this house, men and women, that you love that you put your son on the cross for. That for all those who believe are called sons of God. And if they're in this house and they believe that you died on the cross for them and they've accepted the, the, the payment that Jesus made at Calvary, they are sons of God. And in this hour and in this age and in this era that we live where evil is rampant and evil is active and there's an enemy at work and there's an enemy planting and there's an enemy that's growing his own seed. I pray these sons to rise up. I pray for this seed to give the fruit that you've called it to be. That we will be a discernible, different looking entity than the world is used to seeing. That we would rise up and our individual lives would be different. We rise up and our families would be different. We would rise up and our city would be different. We'd rise up. It's Some of you get so discouraged by what you see 
happens on a daily basis. And sometimes you just say, man, it seems like evil is so rampant. Well, you got to understand the old adage, first of all, I mean, no bad news sells. But a lot of good things happen. But listen to me. This passage of Scripture also tells us it also tells us that our faith is not in the now. Our faith is what is God's going to do. That there's a harvest time coming. And when that harvest time coming, when that harvest comes, there's going to be an end to evil. There's going to be an end to this activity. There's going to be an end to it. And in that day, you receive a reward. In that day, you're called into the, the Father's house. In that day, you receive a reward. You, you see, we put our faith in that moment where God says, ow, oh, now is the moment. Now is when I separate it. Now is when I get rid of that garbage and that junk. Now is when I eliminate it. See, it calls us to a faith in a day yet to come. Let your faith arise in what he will do. Let your faith arise in what he is doing. Rise, sons, rise. Rise up. Rise up. You know, I, I was able to spend some time this week with four young men from Refuge. Um, they helped us empty a moving truck. And it was Akil and Bobby, Mark, and Zeth. What a joy it was to spend a few hours with those young men. Those young men who have all come through challenges and have challenges and have faced challenges. And, and yet, they were delightful for young men to be around. They were respectful. They worked hard. And, I, and I'm just saying that because I, I, believe them to, I believe they're going to rise up to be real men of God. I, I believe they're going to be raised, raised, you know, there's a lot of challenges that have faced him, a lot of challenges that have overcome. And there's been a lot of hours that have been poured into them by Micah and leaders and others. A lot of stuff has been done into their life that were done by the evil one. It's so imperative that they see sons of God. And I've been thinking about those four a lot this week. You know, and every week they're ministered to. Every couple of weeks there's, you know, you got, you, got, you got all this stuff that happens around our church that many people don't know about that are literally, literally manifestations of the sons of God in people's lives. I talked to you, I showed you a few weeks ago the, what George was doing with the track club what Drew and a couple other guys do every couple weeks with above the rim here. And get, get, this is about sons rising up and raising up sons and daughters. The next generation is going to be a mere reflection of the last generation in many ways. And, and I just bring this up, just, just thinking to myself, man, there's a good work being sowed into those young men. Come on. Rise up with me. I want you to leave here today with an identity. You are the sons of the kingdom. You are the sons of the kingdom. And with that identity... I want you to live a mandate and a calling 
rise up sons to live with a demonstrable difference so that the world may see the one who planted and established you. That's your mission. That's your mandate. That's your calling as sons of God. Have a great week.